Three Powers Against the Cybermen is taking place on Earth in the year 2526, and the Cybermen plot to destroy the Earth before the Alliance can take place. But the Doctor and his companions have arrived just in time and must stop them, even if it costs them their lives. This is Earthshock. Welcome to Regenerated. Originally Mondas, but that was destroyed. You know, I'm surprised they didn't mention me. Well, perhaps you overestimate your importance. Oh, I doubt it. Especially as I confine them to a frozen tomb on Telos. They didn't mention that either. Oh, well, they have been forgetful. What's that? A badge. You can see it's a badge. What's it made of? I don't know. It's gold. What? Gold? Oh, only the edge. Couldn't do any harm. You're trying to hide it from me, were you? Hello and welcome back to Regenerate. My name is Matt and I'm joined as always by my wonderful wife, Becky. Hi. And this week we've got, uh, oh, no, I was going to call it monumental, it is a big one. I would say it's monumental. Well, I think I'd say it's more of a saving grace. Well, it is earth shock. Which to me, to me it's a big one because it's the very, very first classic Doctor Who serial I ever saw. This is the one that I bought to start watching them and this, you know, this is where I started my journey with Doctor Who. Really? Yes, well... Why that particular one? I just don't know. At the end of the day, it was just like wanting to get into it and then you, I don't know, go to a local DVD shop at the time and just pick one that looked good and the front cover looked good. But so, why that particular one? I don't know. It's just, just the way it was presented. I don't did know. you see a trailer? You know, did I can't remember. I can't I can't remember if I did or didn't. All I know is this this is the very first one I ever, ever did see. And right. yeah, it was on the old classic uh in Britain. I'm not sure about um worldwide, but Britain they're like a silver or sort of mm. grey silver case. And I think, I'm not sure if this was a two-disc DVD special edition or something. I don't know. But, yeah, this is the very first one. So, it's going to be uh, quite, I think, there's a bit to discuss in this one, I think. Mm. So, we will crack straight into it. Um, so, this one, Earthshock, 8th to the 16th of March, 82. Four episodes. I did say it was six. It's not. It's four. Written by Eric uh, Saywood. And he I did... should say, it seemed a bit light for six. Yes, Eric Sayward, he did the last week's, no, not last week's, the week before The Visitation. And it was directed by Peter Grimwade, who did Full Circle, Legopulous and Kinder. And in the poll, it came in, where would you think it would come in? Oh, that's 20s, 30s? It's very, yeah, you're very close, coming at 24th mm. serial. So, and we'll go through the quick synopsis. It doesn't really give too much away. 
there is a lot of more plot than what that synopsis says. It basically says a conference to unite military powers against the Dun-Dun-Dun Cybermen. That's the spoiler. It's taking place in the Cybermen plot to destroy... Uh, it's taking place in the Cybermen plot to destroy the Earth by crashing a space freighter into it. The Doctor must stop them, whatever the cost. Short and sweet. Doesn't really tell you too much of the big details. So... Um, I'm not sure. I think I think we should just jump straight in with the big, massive white elephant in the room in this one. So this is pink elephant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we always say about generated. It's always best to go and watch the serials before listening to our podcast because we're massive. Just spoil. We 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 have a bad habit. We're just well, going to jump. Well, about. I wouldn't say we have a massive habit of basically spoilers. I think I have the habit of jumping to the end of things a lot. Rather than that and jump into massive plot points. Well, we are going to go rather than going in sequence. End. We are going to go straight to the end because we have to get the the big one out of the way, uh, which I th I do think that this uh, this serial kind of served a purpose, and I think it, it served two purposes really: one to bring the Cybermen back, so and one the first uh, time... and one to make Becky happy. Yeah, and uh, it's the first time I've seen the Cybermen since Revenge of the Cybermen with to uh, Tom Baker. It's been quite. I know a long it has time. been quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, and you made a comment about Daleks as well. We haven't seen Daleks since Genesis, I think. I oh, know, um, what was it? It was that one with Romana, wasn't it, where she was stuck in the tube. Is that the last one they did Daleks? It's been a while since she was in Daleks I don't as well. know. But yeah, we haven't seen Cybermen for quite a long while, since yeah. the 12th season. We're now on the 19th season. So yeah, they're back. Um, they look fairly similar to what they did before. Apart from the stupid, it really annoys me because one, you know, I always thought Cybermen were supposed to have the straight mouths and this one just looked like it was basically an Admiral Akbar ripoff with a basically massive sort of fish face and the ma and the major frown going on. But Eve, and like I said to you, it's really odd because that mouth bit doesn't even move, but you can see the person's mouth under it mm. moving when they talk. If you got to remember, and that's just like, well, surely they should basically. Cybermen are like cybernetic men, really. Yeah, basically. but to be honest, with the costume, the with the costume, if you're not going to have that bit of the front moving, at least darken it a bit more so you can't see the actual person in the suit. I know, but again, it's a bit. It, it's, it's a bit like a throwback to the very first time we see them in the 10th planet where you could just see their eye. Oh, the giant tube like, socks. Yeah, they just had like their eye, like one eye and it, it gives them that human quality, which is what the Cybermen are. They are human that are just... Well, you know, I, I think that's more of a giant tube sock on the head. Void of all feeling and emotion. The giant tube sock. So, you know, seeing the mouth through the sort of like perspex mouthpiece, it kind of just gives them a little bit more of a human feel that's what I, I feel but anyway the, we will go on a bit more about the Cybermen as well uh, as we go through but the big massive massive what's about you call that pink elephant in the room is that we lost a companion and why lost I we technically lost the companion um like I say for me I knew that kind of Adric was one of the ones that died because I swear we've seen part of this one before. And two, um, the fact is, uh, about bloody time. Well, this is the very because first time. 
I think I find it's the very first Boys time. Boys do Very first time a uh, companion, I think, has died in Doctor Who. So it's a first as well. It's really, he, he's just been really. It, it is and it isn't because if you, I think it's, wasn't it Sarah in um, the uh, Dalek's master plan? She ended up dying in that and she was kind of like a semi-companion. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is the first time like a, a reoccurrent, long-running companion has been killed. I suppose, but the thing is, he's just been doing my head in lately and been so whiny. Mm. And I, I just knew his get the game would be up for him soon because especially with like the whole black orchid thing, it was just like he was surplus to requirements and all he was doing was standing by a table stuffing his face. Yeah, well, let's just quickly set the scene then to get to is kind of the Adric story, it is kind of an Adric show. Um, we will get through it, but so we start off really in another quarry. Doctor Who loves a quarry, and they've got this like sort of army. Uh, quarry. Well, it kind of was like a quarry. What the beginning bit? No, it was a cave. Well, yeah, but the area must have been like a quarry. No, because a quarry is just basically it has a sky. It's cave. They were caving. Anyway, it is what it is. Anyway, so I'll read the wiki, uh, the, the fandom page, just. So we can set the scene. So Lieutenant Scott and Nick his... Nick should be telling me my, mine as a blooming corridor. Mm. Lieutenant Scott and his team climb up a bleak hillside on Earth, escorting Professor Kyle to a campsite, uh, a camp set up by Scott's team. The scanning equipment at the campsite is directed at a cave to detect mammalian life forms. Try say that. Basically... Mammals. Mammals. Yes, Kyle has been part of a scientific ex- expedition investigating the caves for fossil remains, but the expedition has disappeared. The lack of reading suggests they are all dead. Kyle's knowledge of the tunnels is necessary to direct Scott and his team into the caves to find out what happened, while two troopers remain outside to maintain a constant scan as they investigate the squad is being stalked by two dark figures. So it's kind of like an army, basically. That's the way I described it. It's kind of like an expeditional team. They've got guns and stuff like that. So they're kind of like an army. Well, yeah, that's kind of like army backup, isn't it? Yep. So we kind of get this little bit. And then, to be fair, this whole first bit is a bit irrelevant, but it kind of sets the scene, I Mm. think. Uh, Then we go into the TARDIS where... Adric sort of begins arguing with the Doctor about whining again yeah, about a lack of a, a sort of attention and respect that he respe- he's receiving compared to say Tegan or Nyssa. He's feeling a bit underappreciated, which yes, the Doctor and him have been clashing recently. They've been a bit of a funnily enough ever since the Doctor changed. Well, yes, well you could say, well. I've said it before in like... Well, yeah, but I you have. It, Peter Davison yeah, and Matthew didn't Waterhouse didn't get on. And it kind but of, it, it's like... It's like... The thing is... feels like there's a little bit of tension between the, the actors. I was like, you didn't really have that when it was Tom Baker. No. But then it's like, ever since you... Ba- you know, he regenerated into Peter Davison... But even, even it Adric just, says it's, that. It's just like... Well. That's not just the fact of tension between the actors. That's like tension in the stories as well. Yeah, and he maybe and they used that to play on it. I don't Adric, know. Adric does make a comment about well, you've you've been a bit sort of arsy since you've regenerated. So he does actually make a comment about that. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Adric then finally says that he basically wants to wish, he wishes to return to his species uh, on his new home planet of Pterodon, which the Doctor loudly proclaims is not possible. He can't go back to his no, space. No, he didn't. So Pterodon, he was basically taking the mick when he mentioned Pterodon. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. According to the fandom wiki page, it says Pterodon, because she says, Nissa says Alzerus or whatever it's called. Alzeria. Yeah, and she says, he, and he says, no, Pterodon. No, I thought he was just saying that to be Saki. No, no, he, oh. that is where he wants to go because there's nothing for him on Alzerus. So, yeah. Anyway, so they have a little bit of an argument and Adric basically insists that he can calculate the coordinates to guide the TARDIS back into E-Space to the Doctor's basically displeasure. And yeah, but I didn't think Pterodon was in E-Space. Well, I can't remember. I, I can't remember where Pterodon was. Um, because Pterodon, we um, we've uh, he'd been to Pterodon before. Well, yeah, Is but Nissa from Pterodon. Pterodon were natives of the planet. Uh, Pterodonians were the natives of the planet. The Alzerians who evolved to become to believe themselves Pterodons, intended to fly to Starliner to Pterodon. That's what happened. So they were on that like uh, spaceship, weren't they? In yeah. in um. At full circle, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were going off to Pterodon, the new planet. Right. I think that's where what we've gotten up to. Anyway, so Adric sort of, he frantically starts writing down calculations. The Doctor decides to just basically stop the TARDIS in mid-flight so that he can basically go for a walk to escape the sort of hostilities in the TARDIS. And they end up in this cave system where... I don't know why, because the TARDIS is big enough for him to, you know... Well, yeah, and we find out they're in the Wonder. year. We find out they're in the year twenty five twenty six, and like I said, the Doctor goes for a walk, followed by Tegan in these caves where they appear on the scanner. So the sort of army, whatever you want to call them, sends like a, a patrol to go and intercept them. This is where um, Snot, I think it's Snyder, isn't it? Because I, I got really confused where who was who. Um, mm. So Walters, Walters was the guy scanning everything, and yeah. Snyder was the other lady who was outside, and she basically sees more life forms on the scanner. So she ends up going inside and getting vaporized. That's what yeah, I'm thinking by much. these two, what come to be known as androids. They're pretty crappy androids. Well, yeah, they're all right. They, I swear, we've seen their look before as an android. I can't really I remember. Don't know. I always think more autons, but. Hmm. Well, Adric kind of stays behind and uh, in the TARDIS to sort of uh, he, he's he, one he's keeping an eye on the Doctor Tegan, and I think Nissa's out there as well. She goes as well, and while he's doing all his calculations inside the TARDIS, um, it doesn't take long for the Doctor and Tegan and Nissa to get captured by the army, and there is. Um, they end up ensued in a, in a kind of firefight with the androids, and there's a well, there's it's more of a laser fight. Yeah, while and Adric's still in the TARDIS calculating all these calculations, and there's a first. I don't know if it's the first time we've heard this, but it, it is re- it is relevant. But Tegan is a little bit sort of obviously in that situation. She's a little bit concerned, worried, you know, because they're like they said the batteries are running out on their guns or something, and she's a little bit worried. And the Doctor turns around and says, "Braveheart, Tegan." Now that is that is a thing, which I'm not going to mention why it's a thing. It will come back again. I mean, I think it means the fact that she's either one. She needs a brave heart in them situations. Yeah, 
And it's, it, I don't think it's the first time we've heard him say that to her, but it is quite relevant to the character. That's why I thought I'd just mention that. Um, so they've um, the doctor finds out in this area when they kind of uh, they kind of fight back the androids for a moment. Mm. They find this little hatch that they seem to be protecting. And we get like a POV of the androids and then it sort oh, of reveals. What is, that's really one thing that annoys me these days. POV of everything. I say all over social media, POV, POV, POV. And that's the thing. Even the kids say it. And I'm sitting there thinking, at first I was like, what the hell's POV? Point of view. Uh, yeah, I know that. But I was oh. like, come off it. You know, that's like the whole lol thing again. And basically, you know, that's all like... We live by abbreviations. I says talking blooming English. And that's like... That's an, I don't know what irritates me more. The POV thing or basically having someone going around and calling me fam all the time. Oh. It really annoys me. It's like, how much more of a chav can you sound like? LOL. Let's move on. So yeah, we get a POV. Really? We get a POV of two, the, so two thousand. We get a POV of the androids, and then it sort of cuts to a scene where it's actually they're being controlled by Cybermen. The Doctor assumes they're being controlled by somebody, and we know it's the Cybermen. It's a quick reveal, and then that's the end of the episode. And in part two, like I said, the androids retreat. Adric ends up going outside. This is where. Um, the Doctor says about Braveheart is in the second episode, but it's kind of in that same situation where they're having the firefight in the caves. Adric ends up using the rock on the back of the android and they end up destroying it and then they destroy the other one. They end up opening the hatch only for them to find a bomb inside, which they then have to all vacate the caves into the TARDIS. Uh, he's very free with letting people in the TARDIS. Yeah, which is kind of weird because at no point do anyone turn around and say, oh, it's bigger in the inside. Well, they do. They did no, at one point of. when they walked through one of the back doors and they went, oh, it was quite big, in it, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's quite big. I didn't say it was he's bigger on the He's quite free with letting people wander around the TARDIS now. He did this in Black Orchid with the with the constable and the police. He, he let them ride in the TARDIS. It's getting a little bit sort of beyond the joke, really, that he's letting all these stowaways on board. I know. Anyway. Anyone think it was a taxi service. Yep. So the Doctor then ends up getting... As I've said it before, the Doctor loves a device. What was it? He, he had all this stuff. I can't really remember what he used. He used like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, hum drone or something? Drone hum or something? All these like different mag- like, tools. I thought it was a magnetic drone or, or something, something like that. that. He uses all these tools, being helped by Adric, and they end up jamming the bomb. Uh, but the Sidemen kind of, they do try to retaliate uh, by increasing the power. And this mm. is where they kind of like keep... like um, Yeah, they keep like trying to force the power into the bomb to try and fight through the jamming only for the doctor to defuse the bomb this is when the cybermen decide to wake up their other cybermen so like betty said why they're in a plastic bag i'm not really too sure yeah why so they're in a plastic bag. In cellophane. yeah they're kind of in a plastic bag that they have to fight out of and they're yeah. sort of like reactivated he says it's like a guarding guarding a party or something but you know yeah it is what it is they're I thought it was more of an invasion fleet. But. Yeah. Um, quick to note that there is a obviously a cyber leader. Normally, a cyber leader is like a conehead in, in previous ones, but this time... Conehead? Yeah. Like in um, Tomb of the Cybermen, he had like a conehead, and he was a cyber leader. This time, the cyber leader is um, denoted by having black I tubing they always on the helmet. Ha- ha- I don't know if it's called tubing or pipes or whatever yeah. on, on, the, on the sort of helmet. And there is like a cyber lieutenant... So, mm. 
the doctor then decides that he wants to find the people who uh, designed and created these androids. He ends up on a freighter, basically, where they've got all these silos on board, which are housing loads and loads of Cybermen. You've got uh, a captain. Which they think they're only doing a delivery. You've got a, a, a captain. Who is basically intent on getting a bonus from Earth to make this delivery. Yeah. You said but he. she's insistent on getting this delivery thing. Yeah, they're basically trying to make their way back to Earth. They're trying to do it quickly. They're in warp drive at this point. Uh, Captain Briggs, who was played by Beryl Reed, I think it's not worthy to note because I actually I thought she was really good in this role. Mm. She was she was really convincing. I thought she she didn't seem like she was sort of hamming up the performance. Of, I've said before, uh, it doesn't seem like she's really sort of uh, just didn't seem fake. Uh, I don't know why. It's just mm. she was really good. I thought. Uh, you've got a never guessed. second in command, who's Berger, who's played by June Bland, and then okay. you had uh, another Bland person. Berger. Yep, <laughs> and you had a, another person who was kind of like I don't know if he's third in command or whatever, but his name was Ringway, and it was Alex Sabin who played him, and he is kind of like a double double crosser, really. Yeah, he's maybe working. they should have called him Ringworm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because yeah, he was a little bit of a double crosser. He's actually well, no, ring, the ring, Cyberman, yeah, but ringworms he? are parasites as well. So this little bit, this little sequence, I found was neither here nor here. This this bit was a little N- bit. You mean neither neither here nor there? No, this this is this wasn't that good of a bit to me. Yeah, that's what and the phrase sort of, is neither here nor there. They're kind of walking around. Uh, Adric and the Doctor are kind of walking around uh, the freighter. And they end up getting caught. Yeah. That's basically it. And that's kind of the end of the episode where Ringway basically captures them and says, on this ship we execute murders. And that's the end of it. While Nissa says in the TARDIS, the army sort of in the third episode sort of recruit Tegan a little bit. And this is quite interesting. Again, character development. I'll point it out. Tegan actually is more willing to actually go out there with a gun. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really good because they obviously they wake up all these Cybermen who obviously yeah. Uh, but if you were basically being faced ship, with something like that, would you rather go out unarmed or with a gun? Well, that's it. But she joins the army while Nissa stays inside, yeah. uh, and uh, they come. Obviously, the, the Cybermen are all woke up now. They're invading the ship. They have to get into a bit of a laser firefight. They sort of destroy one of the Cybermen. Tegan then. Sort of runs over to the gun to fire at another one. So again, that's her being brave and not being that sort of whiny Tegan that we've come to sort of know. She's kind and of be now, annoyed with. She's now kind of growing a set, and she's becoming very pivotal now. To like, she was very pivotal in fighting back the waves of the Cybermen. The Doctor and Adric are brought to the uh, the bridge of the ship where the Cybermen sort of try to get into. They end up sort of fighting them out. And shutting the doors, and they say it's just like a shield around the bridge, yeah. bridge, don't they? Uh, and the Cybermen use uh, what was it, the sort of thermal lance, I think they called Similar. it, to try and get through the door. The Doctor then uses the again. There's a lot of psycho babble in this, uh, not psycho babble, uh, science science fiction babble. To uh, you know, it was kind of um, yeah, it was very confusing about this little bit. So. Uh, let's have a look and see what the uh, the explosions. Uh, no, that's the other bit, which is this one. The cyber lever decides that it's time to take control of the freighter and orders a unit of cybermen to be activated. The units march on the bridge and is spotted on one of the monitors. This is when we get the big doctor reveal of, oh, it's the cybermen, and really intensely looking at the screen. Um, 
the uh, Briggs, oh, who, Captain shit, Briggs, and orders a blockade set up outside the bridge. Despite the Doctor pleading that her men won't stand a chance if they do, sure enough, a Cyberman that effortlessly blasts through the barricade. At the same time, Ringway turns on the crew and announces that he's now working for the Cybermen, having grown tired of Captain Briggs. The Doctor disarms him and closes the bridge doors before the Cybermen can get inside. Captain Briggs seems confident that they can hold out until they get back to Earth, as there are only a few Cybermen. When Adric inquires as to how many cargo containers they are, she realises that all 15,000 are probably full of Cybermen. So, yeah, that's... Like I said, it's a big reveal where they kind of smash through the silos and they all come, you know, come to life. Yeah. So uh, as Scott Teague and then the others kill one Cyberman and Danvers is a second, the cyber leader has his troop soften uh, one of the bridge doors with a thermal lance. The Doctor taps into the antimatter storage system and uses it to stabilise the door just as the Cyberman breaks through with the result that the Cyberman is fused into the door. This was a really good effect. Mm. I thought how they did this. Uh, so they've sort of punched through the door and you don't really see, you just see the arm come through the door. You don't really see the Cyberman sort of in the door. So they just sort of reveal it. Um, you don't really see it. I think nowadays we would have seen that, like CGI or something. But that was a really, I thought it was a really, really cool effect. The cyber leader then has also fitted explosive charges to the other bridge door. However, just before it goes to detonate, the Cyberman that escaped from Scott and Teagan crawls up. His lieutenant point out that all the crew have been accounted for and the cyber leader uh, erroneously continues that, concludes that Ringway lied about the crew because there's obviously the army are on board. He's basically, Ringway has told the cyber leader that there's only 10 crew members on board. And they've obviously found that there's more. So he thinks he, he's actually lied when he actually hasn't. So he's a little bit of a, he's a little bit of a victim there a little bit. Anyway, the, the explosions on the door are detonated, destroying the bridge doors. Cybermen take control of the bridge and their leader has Ringway killed for his deception. So it always, um, the moral of the story there is it's not always uh, a good idea to double cross your crewmates. Uh, the Doctor then uh, sourly jokes, you never change, always the perfect guest. The Doctor and the crew members all watch as the additional Cybermen are revived in order to deal with the other humans. As they march through the hold, the leader declares, my army awakes, Doctor. The Doctor looks on, horrified as the Cybermen march through the hold. And that's the end of part three. So it's really kind of, I feel like the, the sort of the tension is sort of building there, especially uh, the way they've done, obviously you can't have 15,000 Cybermen and they didn't have 15,000 Cybermen. They did have more than what I've ever seen. In a Doctor Who, it did seem that they had about 10, maybe, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, and also the costumes. Like, sometimes you can, if you have, like, 10 to 12 extras, the costumes can look a bit crappy. Yeah. But, you know, they actually look quite good. So then we get into the, the, the sort of explosive part four, which is more about Adric than anything else, because the Cybermen sort of fit a device to the ship's computer, which basically locks it in course to collide it with Earth. The Cyber Leader then explains that basically their mission is several galactic powers are going to meet on Earth that day and hold a conference that will unite them in a war against the Cybermen. And their original plan was to use the bomb, which was in the caves, to virtually destroy Earth, uh, commandeer the freighter, and then use the army to kill anyone who survived. But due to the Doctor's interference, the Cyber Leader had to switch to his backup plan, which is to crash the freighter into Earth. So, as it's in sort of powered by antimatter, the result blast would be everything as devastating as a bomb would be, basically. Also, it's quick to note that in episode was it one, yeah. I think in the caves they come across some fossils. Would you like to tell the 
the listeners what the fossils were. Dinosaurs. Yes, and he has he explains, doesn't he, that sixty five million years ago there was something that he, he they kind of they kind of keep the cards close to their chest here. Uh, they don't really say say a definitive well, it was answer. An ash, it was an ash, apparently an asteroid that hit the Earth that wiped out the dinosaurs. He overnight. says possibly, doesn't he? He says possibly an asteroid. So asteroid. So again, this is this sort of feeds in to this little bit. So basically, then, um, basically, then they all get sort of reunited on the bridge. The Doctor ends up. Uh, the Cybermen end up leading, leaving with the Doctor. What I don't get, right, Go on. is when they said that the ship is kind of moving through time, but are still the same coordinates, mm. right? The TARDIS is still supposed to be following it, right? Yep. But then, when, but then a stationary, like us kind of watching it, mm. But then they're saying, oh, it's gone back 65 million years ago. Yeah, I'm guessing that. And I'm like, right, okay. I'm guessing the Doctor's <laughs> piloting it back with it. So that just do not make no sense. Well, when we get to Mark Campbell's guide, that has a little bit in there about that. But anyway, so they all get reunited. The, the Cybermen want to use the TARDIS basically to like basically sort of uh, suspend it in space so he can watch the, the freighter explode destroy the earth he then nominates adric the cyber leader nominates adric to stay behind there's no real reason why he just says you're staying behind there's more of because he could threaten tegan and he needed the doctor for the tardis mm. so he keeps briggs behind and everyone else and then they all leave on the tardis leaving adric behind with the captain and uh the, the second in command and Adric sort of realizes that they can't really diffuse, or they can't really get back control of the ship yet because there's a device on it that has three logic codes, which he basically solves two. Yeah, he basically solves the first one. Get he basically then sends the ship back through time, like you said, sixty-five million years ago. Funnily enough, sixty-five million years ago, and he's trying to solve the third one. The captain and that are basically saying, "Come on, let's go. Let's let's use the escape pod. Let's go." They sort of pull Adric away from the console as he's trying to figure it out. They get into sort of like the into the escape pod. The door is about to close, only for Adric to go. Ah, I think I know what it is. He then leaves the escape pod to go and sort of tap it in, only for this like half destroyed Cyberman, which has been in the firefight and the earlier in the episode, to appear and destroy the console that he's trying to figure it out. And ends up then basically pegging it. And then Adric stands in there holding his rope, which was from his brother, as the freighter collides with Earth. And obviously the Doctor then has to sort of watch on. But then there's a double meaning, there's a double thing happening here with Adric because while in the side of the TARDIS, the Doctor actually apprehends the cyber leader and destroys the cyber leader by using Adric's uh, star of mathematical excellence which is gold he uses it on the uh, sort of the grate at the front of the cyberman and then he ends up using the ship uh, uh, a gun one of the cyberman gun to sort of absolutely destroy the hell out of it he keeps shooting it like crazy and for somebody who is a bit of a was a pacifist i think the yeah. doctor is he doesn't like guns he does absolutely shoot the crap out of the cyberman and 
then there's another one coming from the back room which nissa takes out and then obviously there's a little bit of the sort of realization that adric has gone so um the very end is that the doctor nissa and tegan watch hopelessly as the freighter explode killing adric as nissa and tegan begin to weep the doctor remains silent shocked at his failure in saving his companion and friend and the episode ends with a silent credit to mark adric's death death rolled over an image of his shattered star-shaped badge and that's the end and i don't think they ever did a silent episode ending ever again i think this is the only one hmm. so you say about you said to us what said to me while we were watching it why is it silent was well, because of that you know because of um the fact that he died yeah but they only normally say that for things like eastenders well, yeah, but it's kind of like a, a trope, isn't it? Sometimes, like uh, in the old series Twenty Four, when some a character died, they used to not have like the the twenty four recognized sort of beeps of the countdown of the clock. They have them silent for a big death. Yeah, sort of. If there's a big death in EastEnders, they just have plays silent credits. They don't even do the duff duffs. No, exactly, and that's kind of like what this is. So there's also a nice little bit in uh, one of the episodes where the doc, uh, where the Cybermen, they sort of recognise the TARDIS, mm. and then we get uh, uh, sort of throwbacks to uh, the first Doctor when he faced the uh, the Cybermen, and there was Peter Troughton who faced the, the Cybermen, and, and Tom Bake. Troughton. So yeah, that's what I mean. Not so, Peter. Yeah, because I'm thinking of Peter. Um, so yeah, you know, so. And then we get, obviously, Tom Baker. Uh, but, yeah, it is what it is. And I actually quite like this one. I think this mm. is one of my favourites. So, it says... Uh, I'm just glad I finally got rid of Adric. He's well, doing my nothing. Well, speaking of Adric, Matthew Water, Waterhouse... Uh, he was just doing my head in. ...in the show notes, was initially appalled by the decision to kill Adric off, as he would be. And he refused to speak to John Nathan Turner for two weeks he was particularly upset that he would now be prelude, precluded from returning at a later date. Eventually, White uh, Waterhouse was more mollified by Nathan Turner's observation that the Doctor could still encounter Adric at a time prior to his demise. So that's what they're saying. So, uh, and well, I did it with River Song. Yeah, and also to answer your question, it was John Nathan Turner's idea that the chins of the updated Cybermen were left clear so that the actor's jaw could be seen. So as he felt that this would reinforce the notion that the Cybermen had once been human. So that's what I'm saying. I said that before. So No, I think it was stupid. I actually quite like this way of getting rid of companion. It's different. It's fresh. It's new. It's it's not just bit, dropping them off at home. Yeah, it's a little bit sad um, to see the back yeah, but of that's the thing. The character like that. Everything in New Who is always like, oh, well, when you get fed, of them, fed up of them, drop them off at home and leave them there, you know, or just ditch them back on Earth. You know, you don't. Yeah, I quite, I quite like the way to do it. You know, it is what it is. So. And we've had a lot of, oh, well, I'll stay on this planet sort of thing from everyone from Romana to Leela. You know, um, obviously, Vicky, you know, they've all kind of just stayed in random places. Mm. And Susan and things like that. But then you get like the Ian and Barbara sort of things where you, they actually go home and yep. 
So the same with a lot of that new who, but you know, you don't actually get many especially nowadays with new who, you don't really get companions dying. No, it's a very rare thing that happens. I think it's done in this one to full effect. I think the only thing that kind of remotely comes close with um new who especially is like when um that Harriet woman hmm. who's like um sort of prime ministery sort of person, she goes and sort of after she does that, yeah, she kind of gets confronted by a Dalek and bumped off. I think if you're going to kill off a companion, it's got to be meaningful. And the reason why they die has got to be, you know, it's got to mean something. And I think they did it really well in this one. You know, Adric sacrificed himself in a way, in a way, because at the end of the day, like the doctor said, that ship was always going to hit Earth. It was always going to be the meteorite that dinosaurs. Did they even bump off Sarah Jane in the end? No. I know, obviously, no. her, Elizabeth Sladen died, yes. but I never knew if they bumped her off, because no, I know, the obviously, they had the spin-off. The, con- the character survived. But, yeah, you could say that Adric kind of gave his life, but he didn't, really, when you think about it, in a way. Thinking about meaningful deaths, maybe it's not that meaningful if you actually look into it. Mm. Like, he sort of... He was going to escape in the escape pods and just wanted to get that last logical code... Although, I suppose, if he'd unlocked the code, then maybe he yeah, could have stopped the Yeah, but that's not just the about freighter. that. It's the fact that Adric always had this bad habit of thinking he was right and that he could basically outwit anyone. And that's not always the way. Well, he thought he you could know? solve that third logic code and stop that freighter from... from just, well, it didn't even destroy the Earth, did it? But hit the Earth, you know. And So he gave his life trying to stop it, but it was all for nothing because it was all meant to happen, as the Doctor said. It was all supposed to hit the earth. It's supposed to wipe out the dinosaurs so we get to where we are now. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's kind of pointless him giving up his life a little bit, but it was his star that really helped, to be honest. So I just think it was just pointless because it's just like, well, at the end of the day, the way he's, the guy said it about being in order for him to get in the escape pod, it was just like him being defiant again and not mm. listening to what people yeah. are saying to and him. And that, that was the thread of the whole story is that he doesn't really listen so, yeah, he obviously lost his life because he didn't listen. And maybe we should have got the kids to watch it and see what happens when you don't listen to people. Mark Campbell's episode guide, Verdict, a, dima- a, dr- a dynamically directed action story, much praised at the time, although the plot holes have hu- the plot has huge holes and the dialogue is often lousy. An 8 out of 10. So not full marks from Mark Campbell when you thought it could well, have been. Well, the thing is, when he basically... I just don't understand that. He's practically slagged it off and yeah, then still gives it an, gives eight. It an eight. Yeah, I know. As it's a sort of comment. Yeah, but he's made comments better than that before. Mm. And, well, I would say better than... You know, and given him a six. Yeah. I actually, you know? I liked it. It's one of my favourites from the Peter Davison era. So, mm. yeah. And uh, next week... Time flight, which it won half bad, really I suppose. <laughs> What's that? Are you coming around to Peter Davison now? Slowly, slowly. Yes, don't they, push they, your they luck. are getting a little bit better now. Don't uh, push your luck. They are getting a bit better, but that's saying we've got time flight next week. So uh, we'll <laughs> see. And that will be the last episode of season nineteen. So that'll be the first season done as well. Uh, Christ. Yeah, I know it's going to be rapid, like twenty serials or something, which is Peter Davison, and it's done. 
because he wasn't. You got to think he wasn't, he wasn't in around it. for long. No, he no. wasn't in it for long. But he was in the the grand scheme of the years. He was around three years. So who have but we got next? That'll be Colin Baker next. He weren't very long, was he? He wasn't very long either. And obviously, there'll be a lot to discuss about Colin Baker at the end. So as well. at, out of the obviously between now and Paul McGann, who's actually the longest serving? Uh, I don't know. It's probably a tie between Peter Davison and Sylvester McCoy. Maybe Sylvester McCoy was a bit longer serving than Peter Davison. Mm. But anyway, next week's time flight, and then we'll wrap up the season and go through what we thought of each one, how we think Peter Davison's first serial uh, season went. If he's a good doctor, he's he's never going to be Tom Baker, but is he a worthy successor to Tom Baker? Mm. we'll see and we'll t- discuss that at the end of next week's episode so thank you all for listening comments in uh the social medias will be in the descriptions comment what you thought of f shock does it still stand up stand the test of time is it still as good as what people are saying it was uh i don't know i still think it's quite good i think it's a very good Sideman story i think when you've i think when you retire them for so long and then you bring them back this is kind of the way to do it it's quite effective I thought mm. and then you have the big death at the end which is why I think the serial is quite rememberable so memorable yeah it's Re- memorable memorable no it's memorable okay on that note I think rememberable we'll... is not a word okay on that note well, uh, I think we'll leave it there so yep next week next time is time flight and uh, we'll catch you then so I'll say goodbye and say goodbye Becky bye 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 <laughs> Thank you.